0: So today, we've come to um, a text, last, last section in James, chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 13 to 20, and that wraps up the book, and it's given us a lot of practical help. Um, and today, it's gonna, James is going to challenge us to be people of prayer. And uh, I want to look at this in three parts. First of all, the call to prayer in verses 13 and 14. Second of all, the power of prayer. And thirdly, the, the aim of prayer to those three points this morning so let's begin the call to prayer is anyone among you suffering let him pray is anyone cheerful let him sing praise is anyone among you sick let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord so here are our three reasons to pray Uh, there's many more but james highlights three the first one is suffering Does any of you amongst here this morning like to have a little relief from a little suffering right then pray that's what text tells us and if you cheerful and had a good week would you like to have your joy lifted to a higher level then sing praise that's why we gather right the best part of God about God's blessings is when we celebrate them and enjoy them and sing God, sing praises to him and college students way to be worshipers man I don't want to be over there with you like let's watch them let's learn from them right revival start with college kids all through the history we've seen this and so thank you college kids for being worshipers and all of you too like let's be worshipers right sing praise And sickness, if you have sickness, it says call the elders, right? Any of you have health issues you'd like to have healed, right? (laughs) I make my little list every morning. I find out that my age is getting a little longer. I pray every day for the healing of various things that are not right with me. I mean, hopefully nothing serious. But you too, like, let's pray. And it says in this case particularly, have others pray. Ask others to pray for you. Call the elders. This is call the pastors, the shepherds, the mature Christian leaders in the congregation. Ask them to pray for you. We make it available on your phones at rlcprayer.rlcut.org. You can text in those prayer requests, and we pray. We're careful to do this. And call Christian friends, text, them. let's pray together. When we have health issues, God wants to heal, and um, that's what this tells us. And so, um, let's be praying, people. It says in everything, First Thessalonians 5:17, to pray and to pray without ceasing, because we need help, right? We need help. Let's not be. Let's not deceive ourselves. I mean, we don't have what it takes to deal with the challenges in front of us, but in God we do, and that's why He wants us to pray. God is able. He has the power and He has the resources. He is over. Right? Your discouragements. He's bigger than them. He's over your depressions. He's over your diseases. He is sovereign over these things. He's over your addictions and your financial hardships and your relational challenges. He's big enough. And he loves you and he wants to bring healing to your life. And so we pray. We call out to him. Come on, people, let's pray. Right? Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It says, don't be anxious. Did you hear that? That's a command, Americans, our anxiety-riddled culture. Don't be anxious. But Pray. Give it to God. Supplication. That means every little tiny thing in your life God cares about and make it known to Him. It doesn't say you'll get any particular answer, but it says He'll give you peace if you rest those things with Him. Trust in God, the deepest part of your souls. So I was with a, a good friend uh, who's actually a seeker, and um, he was telling me he's got a couple college age daughters, and he goes, They are the two most anxious people I've ever met in my life and he goes I think it's kind of that generation I don't know if that's fair or not but but, but we are an anxious culture and here's the answer we got to learn to pray and trust God and give it to him and rest he's good he is for us he will take care of it now we got to be responsible and obey him but he'll take care of the rest and James is calling us to pray in this way and Eusebius a historian in the church Speaking of James, who evidently was familiar with him, is recent enough in history, he was a couple generations down the road, but he said, James was known for having knees that grew as hard as a camel's. (laughs) Check it out, huh? That's a lot of time on your knees to have knees like camels. But that was James. He's not just like speaking in theory here. He did it. and We would do well to hear and respond to what he's telling us here uh, in his word and in particularly burdensome situations. He says, call on the elders of the church. Ask your Christian leaders to come and pray for you. And it says, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And this is a much discussed text, but I think it's best to understand it as symbolic that uh, I have done this many times in my life as a pastor, thankful for this procedure, actually, and this, this opportunity to pray, to anoint people with oil and then to pray for them. And it, it, it's a picture of God's presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to deliver and to bring healing to a person so if that's something you desire like if you're in a burdensome place with your health let us know we want to come and pray for you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord and pray over you and the God says he will heal you as we pray for you so let us let us do that if that is on your heart but the, it's it's on you to ask That's what this test says ask and we will will come that's the call to prayer now secondly let's look at the power of prayer, the power of prayer. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working prayer is powerful we have a miracle working God who loves to put his glory on display by doing powerful things amongst us and James has told us earlier in his book we have not because we don't ask we don't ask so we don't have but this text says you pray for the sick and he will raise up the sick he loves to respond to our prayers and bring healing Many years ago now, um, I've had many of these kind of very, very precious times in my life with people in our congregations, but there was a young couple who were pregnant with their first child, and um, they were having difficulty with the pregnancy, and uh, so I got a call at 3 o'clock in the morning uh, one night. Uh, They were in the hospital and came over to, they wanted me to come right over, and so I came over with them and um, they said to me we've just been told by our doctor that our child in womb is not going to make it would you pray with us pastor and so um, me and this dear man and woman prayed and I mean passionately prayed to God um, that he would heal and uh, next year this girl will graduate from high school so um God does these things right he answers prayer right and he does it according to his will you know and and sometimes oftentimes maybe even he doesn't answer it just as we want but I love the words of John Wimber here who is a real passionate like pray for healing kind of guy right Uh, and he said I decided long ago that if 100 people receive prayer and only one is healed it is better than if none receive prayer and no one is healed right let's pray let's ask God and, and he is inclined to answer answer Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1 8 in my despair I despaired for my even my life you upheld me and caused me to get through because of your prayers Chrysostom, a, a famous theologian from the fourth century said that prayer is the mother of a thousand blessings to pray we all want to see God we all want to experience him we all want to see his power but often we don't because we don't pray <laughs> and keep track of it people let me encourage you like if you pray keep track of what you prayed I write it down right I'm just an old guy who has a bad memory so I'd write things down but but look at write it down and go back and you're gonna see like whoa like whoa God, you really weren't joking. Like, you did answer that in some pretty cool ways. Like, let's, let's pray, and let's keep track, and let's watch God. And don't give up. Pray it through. Sometimes God answers quickly, and we go, that, man. Right? But other times it's like, it's been 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. God, are you hearing me? God says, keep knocking, keep pounding, keep asking. And I honor that. You never know. When God will bring a word, in the Bible it's a big word, suddenly, just, you just pray, and you pray, and you pray, and nothing, nothing, and then suddenly, boom! Here comes God with the answer at just the right time. So there are, there are three critical factors, I think, in this text to this kind of prayer life that I think is really important to point out that's in this text. First of all, it's a pr- we're to pray in faith. We're to pray in faith. Look at verse 15, it says, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. Hebrews 11.6 tells us that uh, without faith it is impossible to please God. And so we're to pray, having faith that God is able and he is willing to heal and he's inclined to heal. And to deliver now he knows what's best right so the, the part of this faith is this resting in god as good and sovereign and holy and wise this faith is not saying i know what's best and everything i ask he should answer and if i did it all loud it up and really intense god's gonna give me my way that's not that right that's bad theology but it's resting in him and Trusting in Him who is able, and who does the best. And First John 5:14 said that if we ask anything according to His will, He will hear us. Even Jesus prayed that. Well, that prayer, right? He said, "If this cup can be taken from me, <laughs> nevertheless, Thy will be done." Right. So this is part of our prayer. We ask, believing God is inclined to answer, and He wants to do best for His kids. But he's also wise and knows sometimes it's not best. Remember 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where Paul had this thorn in the flesh, and he was suffering, and he wanted it taken away. We don't know what it is, and I think it's like that because we can put all of our thorns that we all feel in that verse now. And so we go, I want that taken away, God. And God said, no. And Paul asked again, and he asked again, and he said, no, no. Because I'm gonna glorify myself in your weakness and let you live with that sometimes that's the right thing i mean put yourself in god's shoes just for a moment hearing all of our crazy requests that we're going to throw up to him today right do you think maybe there's a few of these that might contradict each other right and he's going to have to go scratch 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 god knows how to handle all this easily i remember one time it was back in the 80s we had this big outreach event we were planning um as a church and outreach team and we put together this golf outing and we were praying like for great weather it was gonna be the perfect day we're gonna share the gospel with all kinds of friends we had hundreds of people signed up it was a great thing and uh, so we just pray but I mean the one thing we've really got to have God is we've got to have good weather right and so we prayed that through for weeks even months we get to that day and it is dumping buckets like, it was the heaviest rainstorm of the whole year. It was one of those Iowa rains of four inches. I mean, you, it was, kayak races would have been more appropriate for that day. And, and, and here we were, and we're going, God, where are you? Well, some of the farmers that were sitting there that day said, well, we've been praying for a big rainstorm. <laughs> and God likes us better than he likes you, see. <laughs> come on why would you listen to the farmers today and you could have done that tomorrow but this is like right God knows best doesn't he He knows best and so we we trust him we pray in faith believing he is good and we then trust him to answer as he should the second critical factor is is pray confessing our sins okay now this is a big verse, and I wish I really had a whole sermon for it, actually, but let's just think about it for a couple minutes here. <clears throat> it says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So part of praying for one another is confessing our sins to one another. Okay, this, is a, this is kind of a serious, sober text, Right? Because sometimes the problem with our lives and the reason God is not answering is that we have sin there that he's dealing with. And he's putting us through some hard things to get our attention. 1 Corinthians eleven, twenty-seven to 32 says, some were sick and even died because of their unconfessed sin. I had a, a very good friend, as a Christian colleague in this city say to me recently <clears throat> that uh, he was going through some serious health problems and having a very serious surgery, and he was certain that it was God's discipline in his life. I thought that was a very mature thing to say, to recognize that and understand that and to be listening to God to how he needed to make changes. Sometimes that is the case, and so our sicknesses that we are calling out to God for are at times encouraging confession as part of our prayer for healing. This is what was going on in Psalm chapter 32 where we see the psalmist saying, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. Ever felt that way? My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. This is a bad place to be. You don't wanna stay there, right? And he said, I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not hide my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin and lifted my burden. See, our our sickness and our sufferings at times are meant to turn us back to God. That, That trials and sickness is a time for introspection. Time to say, okay, God, are, are there things you want to say to me? To be maybe a little bit desperate before him. I think we've all recognized those moments. Sorry, I'm over the toilet bowl going, oh God, have mercy, right? Like, oh. But more seriously, to say, God, what are you trying to say to me? Right? And and but but not to be overly introspective, because Sometimes it's not about something that's wrong with us. Remember John chapter 9 verses 2 and 3 where the disciples were talking about this blind man that needed healing and they asked Jesus, like, who sinned here? Was it the blind guy or was it his parents? Or, like, where's the problem? Jesus said, oh, nobody sinned. I'm just here to show my glory as I heal this person. So ask God to show you, but don't be overly burdened with it he can he's very able to point out things if they're things that we need to learn through our times of suffering but I want us to see here now not only do we confess to God but we're also and this is significant we're also to confess to each other our sins confess to one another and pray for one another all of us need healthy community where we are loved and accepted wherever we're at in our maturity, where we can live real, transparent lives with each other and be accepted and confess the things that we're struggling with. We all need this, every one of us has to have this to be healthy, healthy. We were meant for loving, gracious places where we can tell the truth of what we're struggling with and the crazy thoughts that are going through our head and not be condemned for it but be accepted and be helped and be, most importantly, prayed for in it. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the famous pastor in Germany during World War II who gave his life for his faith Um, speaks a lot about this in his book Life Together and he points out a couple of reasons why this is so important but one is this is that sin brings isolation that when we sin we, we feel shame and we hide and we cover up and we don't let people in or see what's going on in our lives but when we do this sin grows in the dark it gets worse it becomes more destructive in our lives and I'm telling you and you know this is true there is nothing worse than being alone in your sin all by yourself and not having anybody with you in it to pray for you encourage you and strengthen you this is poison we need a place to be honest and when we can confess our sins and our struggles, it destroys those destructive tendencies in our lives and gives us victory over them. It allows a free flow of love and grace into our heart that sets us free and gives us hope and joy even in the middle of the struggle. We need this. But he also points out <laughs> one of the difficult things of confession. In that it is healthy, but it is humiliating. He calls it a healthy humiliation. Right? It's embarrassing, right? It's hard. I like, guess a painful thing. I like when I determine I okay, I gotta talk to somebody about this. I go oh, ugh. okay, barf it out, right? Because it's humiliating. How could you have? done that but this is what destroys the flesh see it's this humiliation that just kills the flesh it crucifies it because behind those confessions are love and the grace of christ confess your sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins christians should embrace that and be like that with one another and it sets us free we shame the flesh and it kills it but most importantly here is so that we can then pray and support one another, right? And the good day of being loved and accepted and graced in the middle of our brokenness, and then prayed for and encouraged is a glorious thing that Christians can offer one another in Christ, that nobody else has that power. A Couple cautions, generally in our confessions we want them to stay small, usually with an individual Most times when we confess, we should confess just to an individual. Unless we have offended a whole group, like by something we have done, then potentially the offense should be confessed to a group. But generally keep it small. And make your confessions to mature believers. People more mature than you that can handle, right, what they hear from you. Somebody that can actually stand with you and pray for you. Don't confess to someone that's going to throw their whole world off. They can't believe. Like, like, oh my gosh. You gotta stay with mature believers in your confession and use wisdom when to share. Um, Pastor Jared and I talk about this a lot because we're up here in front of people commonly and we confess a fair amount of sins and struggles that we have, but we also know it's not just wise to dump everything in our heads out on you. Like, like, you would all run out of here f- afraid and 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 if we heard that from you, you, we would, right, it's all for there. It's a scary thing. Like, so we should be accountable but you don't always just tell everything to everybody. in fact we see this in Psalm 73 where this Christian leader or this devout follower of God who was a leader was wrestling and, and frustrated that the wicked were having it easy and were prospering and he said he became like a brute beast before God he was just angry and mad at God for blessing the wicked and then he said if I had told my people how I was feeling, I would have betrayed God. Isn't that profound? Sometimes we shouldn't be sharing what's in our heads with people. We want to be wise. Somebody ought to be there, but not just indiscriminately anybody. And I think I'll share one more thing. I didn't do this in the first service, but I, I, this is a rule that I've used. i got a few extra minutes in the second hour, but... I kind of weigh, weigh my sins or battles on a scale of 1 to 10. And if my battle on my scale is a 1 or 2, and if I confess it to somebody and for them it's a 7 or an 8, see the problem? Don't do it. <laughs> it's not helpful, right? Now, if you've got a 5 or 6, then sh- right, <laughs> share it but if it's tiny for you and it would be big to who you share it with then it's like that's a good time to kind of do the Psalm 73 thing and, and just say this is probably not wise to share it so that's a little rule that I often use finally one last or critical principle here live a righteous life therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working when you are walking in holiness and obedience there is power in your prayer life. And if you are harboring sin and selfishness, you should not expect God to answer. It says in Psalm sixty-six eighteen, if I had regarded sin in my heart, the Lord would not hear me. The righteous see God's power, Hebrews 12, 14. And so we are to, we are to live holy lives, and as we live holy lives and walk intimately with him, we see our prayer life come alive. And that's an important, critical factor in this text. When well, we come down now to the example of Elijah. And it says this about Elijah as an example of someone who prayed. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit so here's elijah praying in a powerful way for god um, to bring his discipline on the nation israel that was rebelling under king ahab and god answered powerfully but it says look at this it says he is a man like us elijah was like us yeah he saw god answer great ways the prayers that he prayed but do you remember after he had this encounter with the, the 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 uh Priests of Baal and how God had set up these two big uh, altars and and God just obliterated the the, the the priests of Baal and then He delivered the the prophets of God. Remember this whole thing? Didn't remember what He did? He got all afraid of Jezebel, this little whatever woman out there. Like he runs, he runs for the hills and he gets depressed. And like, come on, he's like us. He's weak. But God does great and extraordinary things through ordinary people as we give our lives to him. D.L. Moody said this, give your life to God. He can do more with it than you ever can. So let's, let's be people who, band, you can come on up, who call out to him. Finally, the, the aim of our prayers, <clears throat> and really the summary verses of all of James, <clears throat> show up in verses 19 and 20. It says, my brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins." God is in the process, and always is, of bringing people back to himself, wayward people who have gone their own way. It's called redemption. It's the Bible's big word, I think, that speaks of everything that God is doing. Um, Since the garden, when man and woman rebelled and went their own way, and immediately God begins the process of drawing them back to himself and ultimately through his son who died on a cross for our sins, that we can be saved. If we would turn from our own wicked ways and trust him, that he would save us and give us new life. God's heart is to restore people to a vital, vibrant relationship with him where he experiences grace and compassion and power and supply and help and experiences healing touch In our lives, He's drawn to our weaknesses. This is why He asks us to pray. He's drawn to our brokenness. He's drawn to us feeling desperate. He's drawn to us in these places where God doesn't even know how I'm going to get out. And He says, Come to me, (laughs) all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will answer you. I long to do that. I want you to experience a breakthrough in my grace and in my name. And so I thought this morning, we, we do this on occasion here at Risen Life. We just close the service by offering you a chance to, to stand and say, I just want to be prayed for today. It will be no more than that. If having you stand, I will pray. But it also will be an opportunity for us who are in the congregation to look around and see who's standing and Say, it in your mind, I'll pray for them. This week, I'll pray for them. Maybe if they're a friend, if you see a friend stand, text them. Tell them you're praying for them. How can I pray for you better? Or approach them before they leave here this morning and say, how can I pray for you this week? Thank you for standing. I want to pray for you. This is an opportunity for us to see who needs prayer and who we can pray for and get in contact with them and be that family that we need to be. This is a holy time and this takes some courage and God is honored when we humble ourselves and go, I need you, God. He says, I give grace to the humble. I resist the proud, but I give grace to the humble. So if you'd like prayer this morning, I will have a prayer for us. Others can then see and pray for you this week, but stand right now at this time and we'll pray for you this morning. Okay, please do look around. Let's pray for these people. If they're friends, get, get a hold of them, All right, Let's not be shy. God honors the courageous for standing. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for your grace in our lives. We're thankful for a place where we can say, I need help. All of us are in that place often, God, and these people who have courageously stood, I ask that you will come to them and minister to them in their place of need. Give them hope and courage and a path forward. Bring healing where it's needed. Bring wisdom and guidance where they have that need. Work in their hearts, speak to them of your love and your grace and compassion for them. May this moment be a moment of turning a corner to a better direction and healing path in their life. So, Father, ask your covering on them. And, Father, may we be the body of Christ that stands with people and prays for one another as this text encourages. Thank you for your word and the challenge of it. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and sing.